If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you will be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. If you've ever been called on to do something for which you felt completely unqualified, then you have something in common with Joshua. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to the story of the ordinary man thrust into the role of leading the nation of Israel. Learn how God prepares those who obey his calling as David concludes his message, Defeat, the Fear of Failure. And thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to talk about a really interesting subject today. I've met a lot of people, I know you have met some too, who just feel like they're failures. They don't mind telling you, I'm just a failure. And, uh, you know, that's such a sad thing for someone to put a mantle of failure on themselves because what they've done is misunderstood how that all works. You see, we all fail, but because we fail, that doesn't make us a failure. We only become failures if we give in to the impulse that Satan wants to drive home to your heart that you're somehow headed to failure no matter what you do. That's not true. And we're going to talk about how to deal with that today. As we look at Joshua chapter 1, we're going to talk about defeat, the fear of failure. And we'll get to our lesson in just a moment. But first, our monthly resource for the month of March is a book called Hope, Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. And it's yours for a gift of any amount to Turning Point. When you ask for this resource, we'll send it to you right away. And don't forget, you can also get our bookmark, which is a bookmark that has on the front of it, From Fear to Fear Not. And uh, it's a double-sized bookmark, beautifully colored. And on the back of it is Isaiah 41.10, which is the wonderful, wonderful promise on fear. It's a daily reminder that God is with you. It correlates with this series and with the book, and it's yours free. All you have to do is ask for it. Whether you ask for the book or not, you can get this bookmark. You don't have to send a gift. Just ask for it, and we'll send it to you. I think you'll love it. I think you want to put it someplace where you'll see it every day, and when Uh, fear comes to knock on your door, you'll have an answer from the book of Isaiah printed right out in front of you. Well, it's time to get started with part two of Defeat, the Fear of Failure. Let's open our Bibles and study together. God said to Joshua, I want to give you your instruction manual. It is the law. What God gave to Joshua couldn't have been anything more than the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And God said to Joshua, here's the book, here's the law, I want you to spend time in this law. Notice, I want you to know this, I want you to put this in your heart. This is to be the main thing going on with you. As you take on this assignment, you can't get very far away from this book. Because this book is the book that will help you. And I want to say to you, if you're not familiar with this book, this is the book God has given to help you. Did you know in the Bible there are many commands? Do you know what the most often repeated command is in all the Bible? I'm going to ask you to say this with me in a moment. Way more than any other. You know what it is? Fear not. 
over 200 times. Fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. God cares about what we experience. Why would he ever put that in the Bible if there wasn't a problem of fear? Apparently, it's a major problem because he put it in there a lot of times. And when you read this book, it doesn't matter where you start, but as you read this book, you will come into contact with the record of God's provision for his people over and over and over again. Somewhere along the way, you'll find yourself in this book, and you will realize that God has spoken to you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. All Joshua had was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I doubt if most of you go to that section of the Word of God when you need encouragement, but I want to remind you that when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, Jesus used all of his quotations against the enemy from the book of Deuteronomy. Did you know that? Every place that Satan would confront Jesus, Jesus would say, it is written, and then he'd quote Deuteronomy. So you might want to read those books. There's some good stuff in there. Jesus thought pretty highly of it. Now, when God told Joshua that he was to take the word of God as his main priority, he told him, first of all, he was to talk about it constantly. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He was to meditate on it continually, but you shall meditate in it day and night. He was to read it obediently, observe to do according to all that is written in it. I have to tell you something about that one. God said, Joshua, I want you to read this book in a special way. I don't you read it to get smarter. You know, a lot of us read the Bible so we can know more. God wants us to read the Bible not to know. He wants us to read the Bible to do. He says, I want you to observe to do. How do you read the Bible? Do you read the Bible every day so that you, listen, here's how most people do it. I'm going to find out what God says so I can decide whether I want to do it or not. <laughs> can I get a witness? <laughs> No, 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 you don't get very far if you do that. You read the Bible as God's instructional manual, and when God says something you're supposed to do, you just do it. And he told Joshua, when you read the Word of God and make it your manual, I want you to observe to do. And it's written in the text twice. Observe to do. Say that little phrase with me. Observe to do. I promise you, if you start reading the Bible like that, it'll change your life. If you say, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Just show it to me. And then you do it, the Bible will become a new and rich volume for you. And then he told Joshua to follow it exclusively. He said, do not turn from the right hand or to the left and to accept it totally, to do according to all that is written in it. So men and women, whenever we are afraid of failure, or perhaps we feel as if we are failures, there's one place and only one that I recommend without reservation, and that is God's holy word. Find in it these strong words of truth, and they will lift you up and set you free from your fear. And then, here's one of the great encouragements of this incredible passage of Scripture. God gave to Joshua the principle of divine presence. Read with me verse 5 and verse 9, and think about this as if you're Joshua, and you're sitting there kind of trembling in your boots, wondering, how am I ever going to pull this off? I know what these people are like, God. I've been with Moses. I've watched this. Here are the words of God to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God said, Joshua, I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to miss this. I'm not asking you to do this on your own. 
I'm going with you, Joshua. I'm going to be just as close to you as you were to Moses. And I am never going to leave you. And I'm never going to walk away from you. I'm never going to let you be out there on your own. And isn't it interesting that that is the similarity between all of the call narratives that I mentioned earlier. Back in the beginning, I told you about these men that God called and their excuses. But I left out something because I wanted to put it in right here. This is where it belongs. And I want you to see how consistent this is in all of these situations. When God called Moses and Moses said, Lord, I'm not the right man. To Moses, God said, Exodus 3.12, I will certainly be with you. Remember Moses said, Lord, I'm not a very good speaker. Exodus 4.12 says, now therefore go and I will be with your mouth. I'll be with your mouth, Moses, and I will teach you what you shall say. God said to Moses exactly what he said to Joshua. I know you're afraid of this task, but I don't want you to worry about it because I'm going with you. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to be your source of strength. When he spoke to Gideon and Gideon said, you remember Gideon said, I'm the least one in my whole family and we're not even very important. God said, Gideon, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And when Jeremiah came up with this excuse about his youth, God said to Jeremiah in 1, 8 and 19 of Jeremiah's book, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. If you have God with you, all the excuses go away. Because it becomes apparent when you get to this point in the discussion that the whole issue is, is God going to do this through me or am I going to have to do this on my own? And God never asks us to do something and then abandons us to fail. As we're going to see in a few moments, God goes with us into whatever he's called us to do. The main thing we need to find out is, is God telling me to do this? And if he is, he has promised to be with you. The principle of divine presence. And then God makes one final promise. And I, this is kind of like the carrot at the end of the journey. Verses 5 and 8, God gives to Joshua the principle of divine prosperity. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, I know that you know that out in the greater confines of Christianity, there's a lot of folks that talk about prosperity and success, almost like it was the main message of the Bible. Here's an interesting thought. The word success is only in the Bible one place, and we just read it. And the word prosperity with success isn't found any other place in the Bible except right here. And God said to Joshua, here's what he's telling him. He's saying, Joshua, if you just do what I tell you, if you'll allow me to be your source, if you will go out in strength and be courageous and strong, and you will do this in obedience to my word, I will be with you, and when I am with you, Joshua, nobody will be able to stand before you. No one will be able to take you down. And you will be successful, and you will prosper. What did he mean by success and prosperity? He wasn't giving Joshua a new chariot or a new house. He meant you will be successful in what I've called you to do which is to go in and settle the land of Canaan. Joshua, if you will do what I told you to do the way I told you to do it, I want you to know that no one will ever be able to stand before you and you will have success and you will be prosperous in what you do. God's promise 
of prosperity and success. You know what? He hasn't changed his mind about that. When God calls us to a task and gives us the definition of what we're to do and we say yes and we march forward, it is impossible that we can fail if God is in it. Now, I have to tell you, these verses are very special to me. They've been very special to me for all of my life as a pastor. I've come back to them many times when I was facing challenges that seemed insurmountable for me. And I want to tell you a little story today. And you know what? This is my testimony. I was thinking about this when I was studying this passage, and I was wondering, when have I been afraid of failure? The first time I remember that being prominent in my life is when I was a senior in seminary and knew that I was going to have to go out and join the real world and actually do a job. (laughs) But let me tell you the story of the most fearful thing that I felt and dealt with as a young pastor. My first assignment after graduating from Dallas Seminary was to go to Haddon Heights, New Jersey. And you're going to laugh at this. I was a youth pastor and a Christian ed director. And Don and I, for two years, worked with some of the greatest young people you would ever want to meet. We had the privilege of mentoring them, and we hung out with them day and night. We still hear from many of these kids who've grown up now and have their own kids, some of them grandkids, believe it or not. And they tell us about those days we spent together at the Haddon Heights Baptist Church in that growing youth department. During the last few months of my second year at that church, God began to stir in my spirit about preaching, because I wasn't preaching. I was teaching young people, but I wanted to preach. I sat under a man who was the pastor of that church at that time who was coming to the end of his ministry, and God was using him not only to touch the congregation, but he was firing me up to preach because he loved to preach, and he had such great passion when he taught the Word of God. And we began to pray that if God wanted to do something like this, that he would show us. I had a chance to preach a few times there, but not very much. And then at the end of our second year, God began to answer our prayer. I got a call from an old family friend who lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he told me this story. I had no idea where this was going. He said, David, you know, our church has started 11 churches in Fort Wayne, branch churches all over the city. And we're getting ready to start the 12th one in a very affluent part of town. And we've been praying about this. And we have seven couples that are ready to go out there and do this. And we'd like to ask you if you might be interested in coming and being the pastor of this church. Well, I have to tell you, starting a church from scratch wasn't in my top 10 list. It wasn't in my top 50 list. I had no desire to do that. I'd never even thought about it. But this man was a friend of my father, a friend of our family. He said, look, I'm not asking you to do anything. Just come out and let us tell you what we're going to do. Give us a weekend, and then you can decide whether or not you think this is what God is up to in your life. So we got permission from the pastor, and one weekend we went to Fort Wayne. And they asked me to preach in the big church, which I did, and then to meet with these seven couples and talk about starting the Black Hawk Baptist Church, number 12 on the list and in the most affluent part of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, I was pretty certain God didn't want me to do this, but I thought I'd just go through with it anyway, you know how that is. We traveled home from our weekend in Indiana, and we were just both overwhelmed. First of all, with the faith of these seven couples who were going to start this church. And secondly, we were shocked that they wanted us to come and help them do it. 
and they gave us two weeks to make up our mind. Two weeks to decide whether this is what God wanted us to do. And as we drew near to the deadline for our answer, I was so conflicted. We were in a very comfortable place in our lives. We both were loving what we did in the church where we were. We loved these kids. And I got to do the two things. I like to teach young people. I was playing basketball, and I was doing those two things every day. We had a gym in that church. And I realized that if I stayed there, I wouldn't be pressed out of my comfort zone. But I had no clue what to do about starting a church. And we had to give him our answer. And so I told Donna one day, I said, Honey, I'm going to go down uh, to the shore. That's what they call the beach in the east. I'm going to go down to Ocean City, and I'm going to walk on the boardwalk, and I'm just going to walk and pray until God tells me what to do. And so I left her. She bid me uh, her blessing, and I went to Ocean City, and I got out of my car. It was cold. I had just a thin jacket. And so I walked the boards for a couple hours and just cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't know what to do. You're going to show me. I don't want to make a mistake here. It's not just me anymore. It's two of us. And it got cold, and so I decided to stop and get some coffee. And I grabbed hold of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I went into a coffee shop, and I sat down. And I was trying to catch up on what was happening in the sports news for a few moments to get a break from what I was doing. And some of you remember, if you're old enough, that way back then, Vince Lombardi was going through a transition in his life. He was leaving the Green Bay Packers to go and become the coach of the lowly Washington Redskins, which at that particular time were the worst football team in the NFL. And nobody could figure it out. Why would you do that? Leave this dynasty that he had built and go to Washington. And so it was the discussion of the newspaper. And that day... I was reading the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he was asked that question by the reporter, and the answer he gave was blocked out in bold type over here on one side of the paper, and I see it in my mind's eye even now after all these years. They said, why would you do this? And here's what he said. He said, I have discovered in my life that there is more meaning and challenge in building than in maintaining, so I'm going to go and build. I shut the newspaper up, paid for my coffee, got in my car, and I went back to New Jersey where Donna was, and I said, I said, honey, we're going to Fort Wayne. And she said, oh, yeah? And I said, yeah, we're going to Fort Wayne. I said, the Lord God called me from the sports page. And we laughed about that, and we called them and told them we were in. And we made plans to leave the church where we had found such a comfortable place of ministry. We set out for Indiana. One detail I forgot to tell you about. One of the members of the church that was going to start in Fort Wayne, Indiana, was involved in the sale of mobile homes. And he had figured out a way to put four mobile homes together into an L-shaped facility with one double wide serving as a small auditorium and the other part of the complex available for a nursery, a few classrooms, and a pastor's office. Got the picture? I'm going to an affluent area of Fort Wayne, Indiana to start a church in a mobile home. As I drove around looking at all the beautiful buildings that were already up and running where there were churches, I could not imagine why anyone would want to come to our mobile home church. But I heard from God that day, and I knew he wanted me in Fort Wayne. So we left. I was thinking about this today. You probably don't even remember these. We had a Renault Dauphine. Do you know what that is? 
oh, what a car. It was easy on gas, and you can understand why. It had no get-up-and-go at all. And we drove that thing. And When we got to Fort Wayne, the families there had helped us buy a little home that was not far from the church. And so we pulled our car in and got out and walked into this little home. Someone had gotten there before us. We don't know to this day who it was. We walked into the kitchen and pasted up on the cabinets in the kitchen was this sign. I will never forget it. Here's what it said. God's commandments are God's enablements. Two scared young people walking into that environment, and that was the message that we found in the apartment. We still don't know who put it there, but we have a feeling God was involved in it. Because what that says to me and what it should say to you and should say to all of us, listen up. If God commands you to do it, he's obligated to help you do it. His commandments are his enablements. I cannot imagine God saying, Jeremiah, I want you to do this, but I'm not going to help you. See if you can make it work. No, no, that's not the message we heard today, is it? God promises in every situation, I will be with you. And when he calls you or me to anything, whether it's difficult or easy, whether it's a challenge close at home or far away, if God has called you, he is obligated to help you. And I'm here to tell you, after all these years, he has never, ever failed me. Let me tell you this in this way. Listen to me. If you will do what God has called you to do, hear me now, he will always show up. He will always show up when you need him. He'll be there with you. He will never leave you. He won't forsake you. You can count on it. There is no greater adventure you could ever get involved in than doing what God calls you to do and just waiting to see how he's going to show up and help you do it. And some of you need to hear that message today because you've been sitting back in your comfort zone. You've been waiting, and I don't know what for. But God has a plan for your life. He has something he wants you to do. It may be simple or it may be complex, but if God is in it, you need to step out in faith and do it and count on the fact that God will never ask you to do something he won't help you do, and he will be with you. So here is our verse of Scripture. Let's read it out loud together. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is enough for whatever he has called us to do. And if you are here today and you've struggled with fear in your life, fear of failure, fear that if you take the next step, you won't be able to pull it off, here's the most important question. Is God in this? If God is in this, if this is what he's telling you to do, go forward with confidence There's not anything God will ever ask you to do that he will not empower you to do. And that's on the authority of this book. Amen. Well, um, that concludes our message on failure. Tomorrow we're going to talk about loneliness, disconnection, the fear of being alone. Before we say our final goodbye today, I want to just remind you again that Turning Point is now on television every day across America. Let me just give you places where you can watch it and in uh, times when you can see it. It's on the FETV channel at 5.30 a.m. It's on God TV channel at 6 a.m. It's on the History channel. This is the newest asset at 6.30 a.m. Uh, every day. Uh, 
It's on TBN at 7 a.m. It's on RFD-TV at 7.30 a.m. It's on the Cowboy Channel at 8 a.m. It's on NRB-TV at 9 a.m. It's on TBN again at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, on Daystar at 5.30, on WLMB-TV in Toledo, Ohio at 8 o'clock, on WTGL-TV in Orlando, Florida at 8.30, and it's on the Hillsong Channel at 9 p.m. every night. You can go to our website and get a list of all these stations, but there's certainly one that touches you. Um, I'm pretty sure that one you can get is the History Channel, which is um, very um, highly syndicated across the country. I love this particular release because History Channel has a dual feed. That means it's on at 6.30 on the East Coast. It's on at 6.30 on the West Coast. And Central Time, it changes by one hour, but most of the East Coast... All of the East Coast, all of the West Coast, 6.30 in the morning. Go there every day and follow along as we teach the Scripture and teach the Word of God on television. It's a pretty neat thing. It's a pretty new thing. It's one of the new strategies for Turning Point to reach this world with the Word of God. Thank you so much for listening and for helping. We'll see you next time right here. Today's message originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to know how Turning Point is touching your life. So please write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's encouraging new book, Hope living fearlessly in a scary world. Stop letting fear hold you back. The book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, What Are You Afraid Of? Here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. James Berry, the English author who gave us the childhood fantasy of Peter Pan, once said, I am not young enough to know everything. I think he meant what we all come to realize as we get older, that we weren't quite as all-knowing as we thought we were when we were young. The Bible speaks highly of the aging process and the wisdom it brings. The book of Proverbs says that there's an even more important source of wisdom, and that is the fear of God as we respect and honor God for who He is. 
we gain a greater understanding of who we are. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life and discover who God is on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.